Well, I regret to inform you all that we are back with another episode of Lakers Explained. We did not have uh, an episode last week, um, and, but we're back and better than ever today. Um, but I can only speak for myself. How are you doing today, Harrison? Uh, I'm not going to say better than ever, but, um, you know, I am I'm still breathing. So like that in and of itself is a blessing at this point every single week. Low bar. But yeah, I, it is worth celebrating, uh, especially during this uh, time of pandemics and in self-quarantining. It's just it's a bad time. Nobody's having a good time except, um, I guess, people that just fi- finished Tiger King. Like, yeah, that I mean, as they're, they're, they're enjoying themselves, I think. And then the only other exception to this is us, you and me for the next like 30 minutes. Yes. Uh, just and the people on our podcast listen to this. Yeah. Them less so, but you and me definitely. <laughs> uh, today's episode is going to be especially fun because, uh, as as everybody knows, there is no basketball right now. So we've had to fill in the blanks with just silly content ideas. Uh, and what better person to turn to for silly content ideas than Shea Serrano, the king of just absolute nonsense when it comes to the basketball sphere. Uh, and we're taking, a, literally taking a chapter out of uh, his book, Basketball and Other Things, a collection of questions asked, answered, illustrated. Uh, it's if you if you haven't read it already, it's so good. Uh, there is literally a chapter called uh, "How Would a Player's Legacy Change uh, If They Had a Different Name," which I think of often <laughs> now after I re- I've read it. But it is a ton of fun. Uh, and the chapter we're doing today uh, is building the perfect Franken player. Uh, which is taking pieces and parts of different players throughout NBA history and, and building the most dominant player we can. Uh, and we're going to make it Lakers-centric. Uh, there have been a lot of really good players to play for the Lakers over the past few years, uh, which makes it easy but also kind of hard just because there are so many options. Uh, and so we're going to start with the first category, uh, and that is name. Somebody who just has a really a name that just flicks off the tongue and, and sounds great. The only thing I'll, I'll start off with and caution is that once you use this player, you cannot use them again for another category. So as That's much as I... not going to be a problem for this specific player. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I'm just uh, just warning. Like, I, I think Kobe Bryant has a nice ring to it. Uh, Kobe? really does like Kobe I feel like could only have been an NBA star I feel like it's yeah. it's such a like now I mean how much of that is like hindsight bias now because he was an NBA star but it just feels like an NBA name like I, Kobe Bryant absolutely so like, and I, I would love to pick that name I just think um there are a few categories I'd want to like save for save Kobe for so uh we'll start with you because it sounds like you have one loaded up and ready to go Yes. Uh, so uh, mine is you, Christian. I don't know. I mean, you you were around for this, so you probably remember this player. But I don't know how many of our listeners have will remember this player or have like blacked them out from their memory. But I'm going with a guy who played nine games for the Lakers during the 2013-14 uh, season, and he went by the name Manny Harris. But that was not his real name. <laughs> His real name was Corperiel Ladorable Harris, which is like that is a peak NBA. Like he should have been an NBA superstar 
on his name alone. I'm not kidding. And I remember my brothers and I were watching a game when we first learned of this because Spectrum put it on a graphic and it was like almost as long as the screen. Um, and I just always felt like he definitely had an NBA star name and just unfortunately did not have NBA star game. Although he was, you know, obviously better than 99% of the population just to play nine games for the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what's always funny. Uh, Josh Hart actually tweeted the other day um, like how terrible Harrison Barnes is at 2K, which is absolutely true. And Marvin Bagley, in response, said uh, Harrison Barnes would give most of you guys buckets. And it's like, that is absolutely true. <laughs> Harrison Barnes can probably give you and I buckets. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that, one, he didn't show up for Game 7 of the NBA Finals, uh, or two, that he's bad at 2K. So... Um, yeah, I mean, theoretically, you could do better at him than either of and either of those things. <laughs> theoretically, yeah. You haven't done worse. <laughs> uh, my pick is going to go, again, just one of those names that roll off the tongue. Not exactly a, a great player, uh, but Jabari Brown is just— Jabari Brown, also an excellent name. That is a good choice. It is a very good name, and uh, unfortunately, another case where he's just— wasn't very good at basketball. I remember when the Lakers first called him up, he was absolutely killing it in the D League, uh, now the G League. But I, I thought, man, this guy is just going to carry us to uh, the promised land. And it turns out he just didn't have a pass button on his remote and uh, had the worst shot selection, arguably, in NBA history. So that's my... Um, Name. I think we're off to a great start. <laughs> yeah, Jabari Brown was actually. I will. I will never forget Jabari Brown. Not just because you know, like he was Jordan Clarkson's roommate, so that was kind of like a fun storyline to get us through the dog days of that season. And or his, not his. Maybe they were roommates. They were college teammates. Um, and so, but he was also one of the most awkward interviews of my, uh, burgeoning journalism career at the time, back when he was with the Lakers. Um, I was, I remember I went to a, they were the LA defenders at the time game and I was planning to write about him and I was all set to talk to him after the game. And then he got thrown out of that game. Like really, <laughs> like, like, I think it was like pretty early on in the game, if I remember correctly. And I remember one of the media relations people was like, Hey, you want me to go grab him real quick? Like, and like, you could still talk to you. I could see if you can maybe still talk to him or what. I'm like, I don't want to talk to him now. He's pissed. <laughs> like, and, uh, so we ended up doing a phone interview and it was just like, so awkward. It was so obvious. He did not want to talk and ended up having to figure something else out of it anyway. But yeah, that is what I will always remember about Jabari Brown. In addition to, uh, you know, his shot selection. I mean, that's a, that's a good story. <laughs> yeah, I'd take you behind the curtain. This is why you listen to Lakers Explained. Yeah, if you, uh, some, like, Missouri uh, blogger right now is aggregating this to get through the dog days of the NCAA Oh, season. God, I, I forgot. We're, like, in the dog. Like, somebody might actually be desperate enough to <laughs> aggregate that. <laughs> uh, but we're not, I mean, we get it. We we play the game. We know what it, we know what it is. Um, the second category we have is uh is hair and i think there's a pretty obvious choice here uh but there's also another direction you can go and i'll throw it to you um before uh we we head over to break here in a sec um so we'll we'll start hair yeah um so like full disclosure 
Uh, I like I went a little we kind of both uh, spoiled our own answers on this a little bit before while we were recording. But um, I'm going with Alex Caruso for hair. And the reason is not just so that this player does not have better hair than me. It is also <laughs> because I feel like part of Alex Caruso's like grit and, you know, just like work ethic and, you know, drive to be as good as he to get the most out of his talents. Like it's got to come from his hair and like everybody looking at him like like that guy's like that's the guy I'm supposed to take yeah. seriously out there on the court. And, you know, him just taking revenge on them for not taking him seriously enough just because he is like balding. And so I think that also like we just, we have never had a balding NBA. Well, I guess we've had LeBron. So we have had a balding NBA <laughs> superstar, but other than him, like not in the way Alex Caruso is balding. And so I just think that that would be amazing if like the best player in the league had Alex Caruso's hairline. I've thought about this more than I probably should have, but I wonder if Alex Caruso helps LeBron James win an NBA championship and signs like a multi-million dollar extension if he'd consider it like going to LeBron James hair guy and saying, do what you did to him to me. I don't think he would. I, think I don't he's... think so either, but I want it to be more shameless. Like I want Alex Caruso showing up with like Sasha Vujicic hair or something yeah. like that. Oh. Like one summer just coming in just like, just like luxurious locks of hair. And everybody's like, what happened there? He's like, Oh, I uh, stopped shaving. Yeah. Oh God. That's almost Almost as bad as LeBron's excuse of uh, why he stopped wearing the headband because he wanted to like stand in solidarity with his teammates and not be different. It's like, no, it's because you have yes. hair plugs. Yeah, now. no, it wasn't that he paid a lot of money to get his hair to look a little bit better. Yeah, <laughs> there's a there's an English soccer player by the name of Wayne Rooney. And during yes. his like hair plug process, he just posted pictures and kept everybody updated. I respect yeah, that. I mean, honestly, so that's much. the only way you can go. Either you yeah. have to be like so shameless and how horrible your excuse is just to make it awkward so everybody knows what happens and don't <laughs> want to ask about it anymore or you got to go the other direction and just be like yeah i got hair plugs harrison i'm almost a little bothered that you didn't go in the direction i went as the president of the sasha Vujicic, uh fan club because uh, i feel like he's the runaway choice here i mean i guess you can go the only person that came to mind that would is is a close second is Marcelo, uh, Marcelo Huertas, just because his hair was just, like, so golden and curly. Yeah, uh, yeah. But Pau had pretty great hair for, a while, for like, part of his tenure with the team, too. Pau's hair was just silly, just because it... I think before 2010... In, in 2010, he started styling it just a little bit more because he was in L.A., but when he first got here, man, it was just, like straight up bangs and he'd play with his hair in his face <laughs> uh shout out to pow but sasha always had it together like he had the he the fixed headband. his hair before game seven win it clinching free throws <laughs> his hair and his eyebrows never forget he went to go fix those before taking the second one but i mean it, he looked good like say what you will about sasha and how long his nba career lasted in every game he looked fire and that headband is just like, he should be a tennis player, but, I mean, he ended up on a basketball court. Um, so I think that's that's the direction I'd go. Uh, and, God, I'm just thinking of, like, LeBron with with Sasha's hair. Or, like, AD with Sasha's hair. I somehow, I think that LeBron would somehow be more unstoppable, potentially, with Sasha <laughs> Bucicic's hair. Like Samson? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I Le- LeBron just posted like, you uh, know, look good, feel good, like yeah. <laughs> play good. LeBron posted a picture of uh, Bronny getting his hair like straightened the other day, and that's all I can picture in my head is is LeBron with that hair. Um, we'll take a little break before finishing our player, uh, but this has been eye opening so, so far. far. We're we're gonna start working on what actually makes the player good after this break. <laughs> Oh, I wouldn't go that far. We'll <laughs> definitely be back. So before we went on break, Harrison promised that we'd get uh, into the nitty gritty. And I said, uh, don't hold your breath, because while we do have more basketball related stuff coming up, we also have some some silly things. Uh, but to the point of basketball, which is what we're here to talk about, if you can believe it. Uh, the next category is vision, which doesn't exactly mean um, like their ability to see. I don't have anybody. I don't know if anybody except their eye doctors has like their vision uh, on hand. But uh, we're talking about like court vision, ability to see the game and, and things of that nature. And the Lakers have been lucky enough for as bad as like their history of point guards have been outside of Magic Johnson, Norm Nixon, and Jerry West. Um, they have a few guys that I think would be great options here. But again, reminder, you cannot use the same player twice. So yeah, I, I feel like there's a super obvious choice here and it's Smush Parker. Um, I'm just kidding. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Magic Johnson. Um, you know, he, he's the best point guard in NBA history. I, I think like, you know, he like basically invented the no look pass, uh, the architect of the showtime offenses. Like, I, I just think like, I, I don't, I think anyone else is overthinking it. So how are you overthinking it, Christian? No, no, I'm absolutely not overthinking it. Uh, I think it might've been Kareem that tweeted it the other day that he thinks Magic Johnson is the only player in the NBA who has actually done a no look pass, um, which I like I totally get what he's saying because you watch those no look passes from Magic Johnson, and at no point during that pass from when he picks up the ball does he look to where his player is going to be. He just, I don't know, man. Just yeah, a, no, like and yeah. Magic definitely Magic did real no look passes, not the ones where you look away after you pass it to make yeah. it look cooler. Which, like, admittedly. I think we've probably all done playing pickup. Like I, oh, yeah. de- I know that when I used to play, I definitely would look away. It looks so much cooler. Um, I, not that I was. <laughs> I like, do the no look shots too. Like I feel like Nick Young popularized, uh, like the looking and or the shooting and turning, and I absolutely did that. And I think of the twenty times I tried it, it went in once, and it was while I was warming up to play. So pickup. there are just a lot of memes of you celebrating before the shot actually goes in where God. it didn't actually go in like the TNT game. I would pay so much money to have a gif of me doing that. Um, and I'm sure Nick Young would have so much money to get that gif taken off the internet. No, I feel uh, like Nick Young probably enjoys that. Like, I think Nick Young just likes that people are talking about him. That, I mean, that's a fair point. Uh, Harrison, do you know who the, who's ranked number two all time in assists for the Lakers? It's Kobe, right? It is. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Cause well, I mean, he was with the team so long and he was a guard. Like, it's not that he like, and he was a good, better passer than people gave him credit for, but also like he played, you know, 20 years with the team. Like yeah. that's just going to happen. What, what's even crazier is that there's like 4,000 assists separating Magic Johnson and Kobe Bryant. That's... Yeah. And that's like with how brief Magic's career was comparatively. Like that's insane. Like, 
I, I don't know that we'll ever see a passer like as good as Magic ever again. Absolutely not. Um, the next category we have um, to derail any success we've had uh, making an NBA player so far is forehead. Oh, I actually uh, disagree. <laughs> this is an important category. Who? So okay. So if you're so confident about that, who's your pick? Mine is Timofey Mozgov. Um, Timofey oh, Mozgov. You probably will not remember this, but people who have listened to me since the Locked On Lakers days will. Uh, Anthony and I had a bit that we ended up coming up with, but it actually, like, as far as we could tell, was a very real stat where Timofey Mozgov, uh, the Lakers, I believe, were undefeated for about 11 games in a row. Oh, not consecutively, but when Mozgov got hit in the face in some <laughs> way. So, like, if that's a skill that I can give my player where, you know, if they get if they happen to get struck in the face during a game, which, like, as a star player, that will probably happen to them because they'll be driving around the basket, they'll be getting fouled, like, all that stuff, and we win just by virtue of them getting hit. Like, that's a that's a category you have to give the player. So, like, Timofey Mozgov is, like, I think a shoe-in pick here. I'm not sure that a player has ever had a more valuable forehead in NBA history. Yeah, him and um, Brandon Ingram would just get beat up in the face, like, all of the time. Like, I remember busted lip Brandon Ingram was just, like, an all-star player at one point. Now he's an actual all-star. Shout out to him. Um, that's a tough... So, I struggled with this one. Because if we're talking um, forehead in terms of hairline, like, who has the crispest hairline in NBA history, that is a little harder. Uh, but if, if we're going to go with that, I think I have to go with Rick Fox here. Just because I... I think his forehead was so shiny and his <laughs> hairline was so crisp. He's arguably the most attractive player to ever pick up a basketball. I don't even opinion. know that it's that arguable. Like he he is a very good looking man. Yeah. I I'm again not very hard to argue. Um I because I really can't think of anybody else whose forehead I'd rather have on Shaq has a ginormous forehead. That was not a sentence I ever expected to hear on this podcast. I can't. I don't know if there. I can ever think of someone whose forehead I'd rather have. <laughs> Tell that we have been on like without NBA content for like what is it like three or four weeks now? Uh, it's been so long. It's felt like a year, honestly. Um, yeah. I'd pick. I I'd normally pick like under any other circumstances. If I didn't know there were uh, other categories coming up, I'd pick Shaq's forehead just because it's so large. Um. But we do have other categories, and we'll move on to the next one, uh, and that is chin. Who's chin? Who has just like an iron chin that you just love to have? Well, that's why I went with Kurt Rambis because, like, uh, he also, you know, frequent, you know, a target of strikes to the face, getting clotheslined in the finals, uh, you know, other such things of that nature, and would get up and keep playing, and like that was just kind of his role. So I feel like Chin, like, you know, Kurt Rambis could definitely like take a hit, you know, uh, as far as my knowledge goes. So I think like that's a guy that. You know, it, like you, you want your player to be able to get back up if, you know, God forbid they do get punched in the face. And I think like he's probably ready for that. I can only speak from experience um, and of every NBA player I've seen in person, the most magnificent, magnificent chin and like just jaw I've ever seen in my entire life uh, is Larry Nash Jr. He has like the sharpest jaw and like chin i've ever seen he in does my he looks like life. he could play batman a little yeah. bit he honest if the who does gotham is it fox 
Yeah, that that show was over. But yeah, yeah. If if Fox wanted to reboot Gotham, just like as an older Batman and Larry Nash Jr.'s NBA thing, like just doesn't work out, I'd watch. I mean, I would that, that would also just be hilarious for like a six eight Batman, like <laughs> six nine Batman, like just walking around, just like it would make it look even funnier when he was beating the crap out of criminals. Like, yeah. Well, if if uh, if X Men can have like a six one Wolverine, then I'm sure they can turn the other, or if uh, they can turn the other cheek with a uh, with a six eight Batman. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, the next category we have is shoulders, and again, I think there is a runaway favorite. Yeah, here. I think so too. We probably both made the same pick. It, it I, has uh, to be Dwight Howard. Yeah, I went with Dwight Howard. Uh, like that that man has shoulder pads underneath prosthetic skin. You cannot convince me otherwise. Like no one's shoulders are that well defined and broad. And like, yeah, I mean, obviously, like it, Dwight is a polarizing Lakers figure when we're doing all this historical stuff because he had one of the worst, most miserable Lakers seasons in NBA history, despite being pretty good at that time. Mm -hmm. And then now, like, obviously he's not as productive, but he's like a beloved fan favorite role player. And so he has like a, he's going to have a weird legacy with the team when it's all said and done. But um, like he, like, you know, as far, if you're just looking at shoulders, like I, I think you have to go with Dwight Howard. Uh, and it's not even close. I, even, even in this chapter by Shay, uh, he picks Dwight Howard, uh, 2010 Dwight Howard to be specific. Uh, so I, I totally agree with that. Even like even the younger listeners, I, I don't know how young our listeners get, but Dwight has lost some weight. Uh, I think his shoulders did used to be bigger, but even then, like even now looking at him, I'd still choose his shoulders over yeah, anybody Dwight again. During quarantine, Dwight needs to re release his shoulder workout just to let all of us <laughs> in on the secret. Like we can all come back, come back with like shoulder pad shoulders. I'm just saying all kinds of sentences I didn't think I'd say. Like, yeah, this is a weird. This podcast has gotten weird. I'm like regretting <laughs> talking to me into this. But, uh, well, if you think that's weird, uh, our next category is arm musculature, arm musculature, uh, and there have been some. Incredible physical specimens uh, to walk through the halls of, uh, well, I guess it's not just Staples Center. It's also the Forum. and But you know what I mean. To don the purple and gold. Uh, I went with Wilt Chamberlain here. Just because every time I look at highlights of Wilt, it's just incredible. He was like a literal like competitive weightlifter at one point, right? I believe so. Yeah. I, I don't know enough to, to confirm. But he is like one of the most physically built players I've ever seen and not just like massive because there have been some strong players like I remember the first time I saw Josh Hart at Summer League I was just like Jesus Christ yeah do, if there was a category here for chest I feel like do, uh, Josh Hart would be like a strong contender there like because it totally makes sense that no guys can back him down in the post because that yeah. guy is just potatoes well it's just like he's like his torso is built out of adamantium or something like i like <laughs> watching guy it, one of my favorite little subplots of lakers games over the last couple of years before this one was like watching big guys think that they could post up josh hart yeah and like realizing that that was just absolutely not going to happen despite the fact that he was like six four or six five um like he was just uh like somebody called him a fire hydrant and that was like the most accurate description <laughs> i think i've ever heard of josh hart but anyway um for for my for my pick for arm musculature, I went with a similarly undersized player at their position, but um, who had 
some of, I think, the most defined biceps we've seen in Lakers history in Derek Fisher. Um, oh, yes. Was, that yeah, is like, an excellent choice. Derek Fisher never skipped arm day. And so, yeah. like, I don't know what the physical rules are of this. Like, <laughs> of what, T-Rex arms. <laughs> yeah, like, did they just get, like, if, if, like, if they end up with, like, seven feet tall, they have Derek Fisher's arm length, and then that, like, significantly. I mean, even if they still have the skills of the other players, it makes it look hilarious when they're running out there like a T-Rex. Um, shouts to Julius Randle, uh, but like who also would have been a good pick for arms, I feel like. Um, well, but... you're in luck because our very next category is actually wingspan. So it, it, we're defying all laws of biology. Well, okay, so that's what I was curious about was but like, okay, so did they get the same arms, but they're just super sized? Because exactly. in which case, my next choice is going to make this player truly unstoppable. And I picked JaVale McGee. Like, oh. That he is has excellent choice. Pterodactyl arms and like like watching him like volleyball swat shots at the rim over the last couple of years has been incredibly fun. Um, like he he completes lobs and blocks that just don't look like they should be possible. And then like to the point where it almost becomes detrimental to the team through no fault of his own sometimes, just because guys are like, Well, JaVale got that last one. I'm gonna <laughs> throw it above the backboard. Like and guys who really should not be making lob passes are emboldened to think that they too can make a lob pass. Shouts to Danny Green. Um, but like JaVale was my choice for wingspan here. And that's probably the there best. There are a lot route. of good choices though for wingspan in Lakers history. Absolutely. I think um I don't know why my mind immediately went to Robert Upshaw, but I think he has an even smaller wingspan than JaVale McGee, so I didn't did end up going that direction. Wingspan, though. Yeah. And and a famed Lakers career. I remember everybody at a certain point thought he was the center of the Lakers future. And he he's, very well could have been. I think he was arguably, I think he's like the most fan favorite Laker that never actually played a game for the team. <laughs> like, if not, he's got to be up there. Yeah, I think um, without dipping into like the all-star pile, I think... JaVale is probably the way to go. Again, another guy that hasn't spent too much time uh, playing for the Lakers, but man, his arms, another player that, like most of these players, I'm just in awe whenever I see, but especially JaVale. It's like it's like he's always carrying invisible, invisible groceries just because of how low his arms are. It's, yeah, it's and, uh, you know who would have been another good pick here is Lamar, who looked like he had like arms down to his knees, like just <laughs> proportionally, like just arms that extended forever. And Brooke Lopez too. Brooke Lopez's wingspan is 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 very big. Yeah, I actually did not think about him, but yeah, I mean that that's that helps him on those like threes and stuff like that too. It's just like such a weird like uh, like long extending arc. Um, I, I guess for so the next one was originally not going to be this category. Um, I don't know if you want to say what the original category was. Um, no, I think we're okay. If you yeah, have the book, though, I am a second grader, so I will like la I will giggle too hard <laughs> if we say what it originally was. We decided to go with mentality yeah. as a replacement category. Um, like that's important, and it's not in this. I feel like to have like the physical or sorry the mental makeup uh, to just like carry a team. When it matters most is super important. Definitely more important than the original category that was here. Yes, um, I would say so. If you have the book, I'd still check it out. Uh, and I guess play this game at home with your friends uh, in a group chat. Uh, specifically with your parents, if you if you can. Um, 
But no, in all seriousness, uh, I think Kobe Bryant's probably the yeah, runaway. That, was, that here. was my pick too. Just because you think of the most like competitive dogs in NBA history, and it's Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Michael Jordan, unfortunately, never played for the Lakers, but they got the closest thing to, in my opinion, in Kobe Bryant. Uh, and that's why, like, it's him in, like, a very large gap after that. Yeah. No, I mean, there was never... Once we decided that it was mentality, I was like, okay, so we're just picking Kobe, like, in <laughs> in my head. Like, I, I couldn't even, like, think of another player. Like, maybe LeBron, just in the sense, like, his mentality's different. But, like, I do... I think that there should, like... Like, if we were going to do a runner-up, like, I think him or Magic are good mentalities just in terms, like, in different ways. Like, they aren't the, like, I'm going to rip your throat out competitor in the same way that Kobe is. But they're both very competitive, and I think that in some ways they have, like, ways of bringing up a team, like, in, like, different ways than Kobe would bring his team up. And that's not to say that one's necessarily better or worse, but I think that those are guys that, like, if we're not just taking mentality as strictly competitiveness, like, those were two guys who worked really hard on improving themselves, were really competitive, and also brought up their teammates in a different way than Kobe did. Um, And so I think that you could make arguments for them, but I I really... I'm not going to because I think that Kobe's the clear choice here. Like, you know, there's this like I think that there's this stereotype of like like people say that Kobe wasn't a good teammate or whatever. But like you listen to all the stories that have come out since he passed about the different things that he did behind the scenes. And like I also think there's something too like some some guys aren't going to be able to handle that. But also like. Sometimes you have to be a taskmaster with people that you're working with and that you're teaming up with. And like like good teams need that voice and that person that's going to hold people accountable. And I think that gets lost sometimes because of the way it was delivered. Yeah, I completely agree. And I I think the case can be made for LeBron James, too. But I'm saving LeBron James for this next one, um, which is finishing in the lane ability. And if the Lakers are down two points and they need two points. Based on ability and not willingness exactly, because LeBron is like always trying to make the right play. And there's sometimes you're just like, dude, take it to the basket. You can score on literally anybody you want. Um, so just on ability alone, uh, I think it's LeBron James. But again, so many players you could you could do here. Yeah, the Lakers have had a lot of good like finishers, you know, like like Kareem is obviously like had the most unstoppable move in NBA history. Yeah. Um, like he's a good finisher. Like uh, the the person that I chose though was Shaq because like Shaq w- when he got within four or five feet of the basket, like he was just going to dunk on you, yeah, and that was just it, and that's finishing. Like, so I decided to pick Shaq because it does, it's not coming with his uh, free throws. So, like, I think, it, like, a Shaq that you can't foul is, like, like that's unstoppable. Yeah, and um, I, I think the, the only other person I thought of other than Kareem and Shaq was Powell. Just because I think he's severely underrated when it came to his, like, soft touch around the rim. Yes. He was incredible. And so, to my surprise, like, ranked ninth on the all-time field goal percentage uh list for the lakers uh javel mcgee's first at 62.9 percent um so he's another option if you decide yeah, to go JaVale is like is up there on some of like the lakers leaderboards um because like like uh, even overall his like two seasons like i think he was i think he's their franchise leader in uh true shooting percentage as well yeah crazy that's the lebron james effect ladies and gentlemen um, shooting ability is one that I think has a, 
I have a little bit of a spicy take for, uh, but I'll let you go ahead and go first. All right. So this one was honestly like the hardest for me because there are like the Lakers have not had like a ton of like knockdown automatic nope. three point shooters <laughs> throughout their history. You know what I mean? Like, like, and so this was not uh, necessarily the easiest one to come up with. Um, I ended up narrowing it down to two guys and like, it kind of depends on how we're defining shoot. I made my final choice, but like, you know, whether or not that was a good or bad choice kind of depends on how we're defining shooting. Like Byron Scott, like most people are not going to expect, but he was actually my runner up, um, like really consistent three point shooter probably would be even considered more valuable today. He was like, what's weird is he's like a coach who was behind his time. Time, but he was a player who was so far ahead of his time mm -hmm. in terms of being like a really valuable three and D guy and like was a really good three point shooter just did not shoot a lot of them because no one did back then. And like, I think, yeah, he, for his career, he averaged two, three point attempts per game. Like he'd probably be shooting like six or seven, like today in today's game, um, like at least five. And so like he, he's a guy who probably would be even better in the modern game. I ended up deciding to go with LeBron just for like two reasons. Number one being that like, I did not want to not like ha we're making a list of all time player attributes and like not pick LeBron for any of them. <laughs> and get accused um, because of being I, a LeBron hater. <laughs> exactly. Like I didn't need that in my life. So like I'm will, but also LeBron has become a really good three point shooter. And he also has skill at shooting threes off the dribble now. Like sometimes he doesn't take good ones always, but like he can do that and he can get off a shot against any defense. So like if we're defining shooting ability as the full scope of shooting, like also being able to create your own shot and things like that, like not just strictly spot ups, then that makes this even more valuable. But at the same time, like he can also drill threes off the dribble and stuff like that. So if we're talking just threes, then he's even still like a really valuable dynamic to add to this player. Absolutely. Um, so it, in terms of, I guess the all time leaderboard for the Lakers, I guess this isn't much of a spicy take. I think it's just because of his career percentage. Uh, my pick was Derek Fisher just because I enjoy watching him shoot three pointers so much. Yeah, he um, was, he was very aesthetically pleasing. He's uh 37.4% three point shooter for his career. So like there have been more efficient three point shooters in Lakers history, if you had a guess who holds the all-time record, I bet you couldn't guess who it is. For three-point percentage? Yeah. Ooh. Um, is it Jody Meeks or Nick Young? No, it is not. Jody Meeks is actually ranked 10th. Uh, okay. It's, it's Steve Nash. <laughs> at oh, my God. What? I did not know that. I, didn't know, I don't know what the minimum requirement was because i feel like he didn't shoot a lot during his I mean, his time play a lot. so yeah makes but, sense like hey i mean who says the steve nash era was all bad like look at that he set the record <laughs> for lakers three point percentage uh so yeah that's that's the player i just because i enjoy watching him shoot three pointers so much the and spiciest Dar Fisher actually has the second most threes in lakers history yeah Total. That's why I said. Um, he trailed. Oh, you did say that. Sorry, I missed that part. But he trails Kobe Bryant hilariously by 1000, just as like a <laughs> testament to how many threes Kobe both took and like how met like how long he played with the team. Like Kobe was a good three point shooter. Don't like that's not a slight at him. It's just hilarious that like he is 1000 three point made field goals ahead of the second guy on the list. And I feel like those like. Like the thousands of ones that he's ahead of is 
just from that final uh that final game of his. I feel like he shot so many three-pointers that game. Yes. Um, uh, Metal World Peace being stuck at 420 is hilarious to me. Um, <laughs> and KCP climbing the leaderboards. KCP is only uh, like 40, uh, 23 three-pointers off from uh, passing Metal World, or 24 three-pointers off from passing Metal World Peace for ninth in Lakers history. You know, Nick Young was actually really close to um, passing a few people and then just but Luke Walton just stopped playing him for some reason. Like he was at 465 at the end of the season, needed 480 to catch Rick Fox, and then Luke just stopped playing him. 489 to catch Eddie Jones, and yeah. like that probably would have been where it would have ended. But Nick Young could have ended up as the fifth three point shooter in Lakers history instead of seventh. But and anyway, my spice, <laughs> yeah, my spiciest take even more than Derek Fisher would would be that. Nick Young would be my choice just because Nick Young when, would honestly be an interesting choice just from the perspective. He's literally never afraid to shoot, which is yeah. a valuable category like thing to have. But you already have Kobe's mentality. So, like, do you really need an extra <laughs> Nick Young confidence? Like, I feel like at that point you're you're Andrew Bynum and you're pulling up from three quarters court. Like <laughs> you could also you could also go Dion Waiters here if, if that's the logic you're using. Yeah, that's true. Dion Wade, like noted Laker, Los Angeles Laker, Dion Waiters. <laughs> uh the last uh and I, I hate to to end the podcast here, but the, the very last category we have is ability to protect the paint. Um, and there are two, there are technically two answers you can go to here. Uh, but really, I think there's only one. And my pick is Kareem by a lot. Okay, interesting. All right, that is not who I picked. But Kareem is like defensively, like, you know, he's good. Like, I actually, I just did, we were doing our Let's Appreciate a Lakers series. I went back and watched. I talked to some people that like did watch Kareem play. I looked at some numbers. Like, Kareem was a really good, is and is an underrated defender because most people's memories are of him from when he was like old. But when he was young, he was a really, really good defender. Yeah. But sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm handing it off to you for for your choice yeah so um i uh i went with anthony davis like the presumptive you know mm -hmm. or not I, mean, I don't know if he's the front runner for defensive player of the year the way that things stand right now but he is um like just as far as like switchability and stuff like that i'm like you know some of this is me projecting because i haven't like obviously sat and watched like tons of kareem games uh, like when especially from when he was younger over and over again but i just feel like just you know we've made advances in medical science and technology and you know the way that we train players and things yeah. over like the, all the time since then and i just think that anthony davis gives you a little bit more switchability which is important in protecting the rim and um you could tell i took this really seriously and uh, <laughs> like he also like it's just a great like help defender and like core like coordinator of defenses and all that stuff and i'm sure kareem had that too but um ad was my pick here yeah i and i when i considered ad for this it really boiled down to just watching him this season it seems like he has such good timing when it comes to blocking shots like some of the blocks he's had this season he had no business being in the vicinity of of where he started to where he ended up blocking the shot. His like, second jump is insane too. Yeah. It like I I miss watching Anthony Davis play basketball so so bad. No, one of my first memories of uh, it was the first time they let us in for a scrimmage during training camp this year and it was like so it was like my first time watching Anthony Davis play like up close. Like I had obviously seen him play before but the first time like being like 
close to the action actually and like he i forget who he like came out of nowhere and blocked but it was like out on the perimeter yeah and he had like just made a switch and just came up and like not only blocked the shot like literally like enveloped it and grabbed it and ignited the break and i was like oh yeah like that's right like this guy is really really special on that <laughs> end and that's not rim protection but yeah i i too miss watching anthony davis play basketball he and this year's lakers team are are uh incredible and on that note, uh, we will sign off for well, today. Real, real quick, I know I always do this to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, but um, it be, but it's because you always go straight to signing off without let me getting in my last point. Come on, man! Like you gotta learn, you gotta you gotta start to you need you Evolve. need magic vision to start to read um like my tendencies as a podcaster. Think three and, steps ahead. Yeah, I yeah. have uh, I have one more question for you. Uh, like, w if there was another category that you could add to this, like, what do you feel like is missing as far as like a star player? Because for me, like, I felt like it was signature move. Like, I feel like almost every uh, star yeah. player has like a sign. Like, when you think of you know Kobe or Magic or Kareem or LeBron or whoever, like, there's probably a specific pose that you're thinking of them in that almost everybody is too. Like even outside of the Lakers, like Dirk, like instantly one leg fade away, like that kind of stuff. Like, and so I feel like a lot of stars have had really recognizable like signature moves, and I feel like that was maybe a category. And like so that that's where I would have gotten Kareem in was because he had the most unstoppable signature move in NBA history. But oh. that was category absolutely i and i think i mean i already used kareem so i can't now um i guess kobe's fadeaway would would be it like i don't have the numbers in front of me i don't know how efficient it was but boy did it look pretty <laughs> uh yeah and, no I mean, it was it was like the most textbook fadeaway ever i'm not sure where the number i mean nobody's numbers on fadeaways are good over the yeah. course career but like there you could still be better at fadeaways than other players it's just not like an efficient shot was there anything else though that you feel like was missing from this like as far as defining a star player i feel like speed is yeah a, is a good, good one speed or jumping ability like that kind of stuff yeah so, like overall athleticism like th those were other things that you know maybe could have taken the place of forehead but i got a good joke out of it so i'm not going to complain <laughs> yeah uh God, speed. I don't even know. Um, Nick Van Exel. Nick, oh, God, yeah. Nick His nickname quick. is literally Nick the Quick. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, God, who was who would Byron Scott always praise for how fast he is? Was it Ronnie Price? Am I remembering that correctly? If he, if he praised Ronnie Price for speed, I burned that from my brain. <laughs> I feel like there's no way it was Ronnie Price. But also, I feel like given the coach and the era at the time, there's a decent chance it was Ronnie Price. Yeah, I yeah, speed and like hand size, I feel like would be a good one. Um, yeah, hand size would be a good one. But uh, yeah, that's um, that's that's our show. That's all we have, unless you have like more announcements. Thank you. Oh. See, there you go. Now you're learning. <laughs> um, I th I think maybe we should should we put out a poll? See who built the better Laker. Put out a poll on Twitter tomorrow. Just let oh, people know so that they can. <laughs> Absolutely. I uh, it was so funny when. Sabrina and Anthony did their pod on building the Lakers all decade team, which was so good. I, Very I like, fun. I really enjoyed that podcast. Yeah. If you, it like all of our podcast content is evergreen now. So if you want to go back and listen to it, I highly recommend it. Yeah. There's literally nothing dated about it because nothing <laughs> is happening. Uh, but if you, I, I put out a poll on silver screen and roll that people got to vote in. Uh, and I gave them enough time to listen to the podcast, obviously. And I put it out. 
And I think most people voted like without the context of the podcast. It was just like Team Sabrina or Team Anthony, and Team Sabrina won by a lot. And I was just like, I hope you guys listen to the podcast. No, that's honestly that's funnier if people did not listen to the podcast and they were just like, No, I'm Team Sabrina. I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't even need to look at the roster or listen to it. Um, but we hope that you know if you made it this far in the podcast that you actually listen to us and are voting based the arguments that we made and therefore would declare me the winner but you know God. you could also be done yeah i hope they're voting on um on the player too because judging by like the comment section and the number of followers you have on twitter i feel like that's a battle i'd lose very quickly yeah it's not gonna be it's not like you know we all know that i'd win a popularity contest come on <laughs> but my only my only regret is that we don't have grant or zane anymore to photo to photoshop these frankenstein's monstrosities of oh, a player god um, because <laughs> that would be hilarious but i don't think that i have the skill to do it but if you have the skill to do it please do it and tweet oh. it at me because i will share it um yeah that would be like a the photoshop picture of alex caruso that got him drug tested that's what it would look like. I feel like, yeah, whoever made that Photoshop would probably get drug tested, too. <laughs> uh, well, that's our show for this week. Uh, I think we went way longer <laughs> than yeah. we expected to, but it was worth it. Uh, and uh, you'll you'll hear from us again next week. Bye.